Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. We are back. We have new Marvel content to discuss. I love that intro. I missed last week. Thank you to Mark Valentine from Diz Life Podcast for hosting Kevin to talk about the Avengers Campus out at Disneyland. Jalen, you're not that far away from your Disney vacation. You're not going to Avengers Campus, so are you planning your next Disney vacation to the West Coast this time? Uh, I have not thought that far. <laughs> I'm too focused on this trip because there's a lot that you have to think about to plan a Disney trip. So I think soon I have to come up with my restaurant reservations. So I'm trying to narrow down what restaurants to do. There you go. Well, you know how to get in touch with Mark. You know how to get in touch with me. We can definitely both help you <laughs> with that. But that's very, very exciting. I just rode Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind on Friday. Saved the galaxy. It was well worth my time. Kara. Welcome back to the show for the first time in a while. You were supposed to join us for Family Feud and we're under the weather. Glad you are feeling better. Welcome to the show. I will un... Kara, you've muted yourself. I can't hear you. <laughs> God. There we go. Two years. Two years in this pandemic of virtual meetings. We're going on oh, two and a half. Here I still am. Here I still am. Thank you for having me back. It is nice, 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 nice to be back break from school i can finally come back to my second favorite nerdiest thing that i do the first being school <laughs> <laughs> i was i was hoping you were going to plug the nerdy girls after dark at that point like i thought that's where we were headed there so we do have half 50 percent of the nerdy girls after dark you guys um, have been off for a couple of weeks uh several of you traveling the globe yeah yeah and we're gonna talk about it on thursday all of the fun travel things I have been here doing schoolwork. Everybody else has been <laughs> traveling the world and doing some fun stuff. So we're going to talk about it and have some fun. You know who's not traveling the world anymore? Don't say it. Don't do it. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers are not traveling the world anymore because they are not playing in the Stanley Cup final. Brian, how are you tonight? Well, as you can see, I haven't had the courage to shave off my playoff beard yet because <laughs> the New York Rangers were eliminated. Not great. Uh, Saturday night, pretty tough. Um, but, you know, we're moving on, looking up to next season, really promising things for that uh, team and, you know, great things going on in the agents of field land as well. Let's give a little preview, Stanley Cup final preview, Ryan. Agents of field, we are going live this Wednesday to do a Marvel 616 fantasy draft pick drafting marvel mcu characters to play sports but before that you're gonna pick who's gonna win the stanley cup final are you willing to make that pick this evening yeah um colorado avalanche great team so with tampa bay lightning they both deserve to be there uh my heart wants to take tampa bay just because uh my guy ryan mcdonough uh, if he can get those three, and it'd be cool to see Pat Maroon win as many Stanley Cups in a row as the New York Islanders' entire team in <laughs> the 80s. Um, it's going to be a battle, but I say ultimately uh, Tampa Bay wins just because of goaltending. They're so evenly matched everywhere else. Oh, you just wanted to bug me. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Well, tune in to Agents of Field this coming Wednesday, 9 o'clock. Uh, we will be doing a Marvel fantasy draft similar to how we did for May the 4th with Star Wars. That was a lot of fun. If you are tuning in at 8.30 wondering why is the show already here or why is the show still going, thank you so much for tuning in. 
Diz Life uh, podcast did not do their live show tonight. And if you're going to tell me we can go on at 730 and not take away from that audience or vice versa, then we are going to go at 730. So thank you so much for being here. But you can always catch us on replay. Please let us know in the comments if you are catching us on replay. So let's get into it. Big day today was the ticket sales for Thor Love and Thunder, which is due in theaters Friday, July 8th. I believe three of the four of us have our tickets for opening night, July 7th. I do not know the, well, I do know the answer. The movie is coming out on July 8th in Canada as well. Kara, do you have your tickets yet? Um, I don't. I find that where I live, it's it, like I have some time. <laughs> it's not as pressing. Yeah, yeah. Living also, close to Disney World. Life. Yeah, living close to Disney World. Like, if I want to go to the theater I want to go to with my AMC A-list, AMC needs to fix that website, man. It was such a disaster again for me this morning. Ryan, I know you you got in right on the front end. You were a little bit more successful. Jalen, you got tickets really quick, too. So, mm-hmm. um, But I think we're all excited. I want to run through some of the posters that Marvel launched this morning. So we've got Thor. I love the new costume that he's got, the new suit that he's got. I'm a big fan yeah. of Stormbreaker. We've got Jane looking as powerful as ever. Uh, we've got Valkyrie, which, Kara, you said she just looks... She looks amazing. She she looks incredible. I'm very excited. Her costume's awesome. Korg, I love Korg. I love the big belt buckle that he's got going on. He's got the WWE wrestler heel vibe going on. He's got like the Mbaku fur going on at the top. I love it. Yes. Yes. We have Russell Crowe as Zeus. Uh, Doesn't move the needle for some. I like Russell Russell Crowe a lot. I like the character of Zeus a lot, even within the comics. I obviously also like the Disney version of Hercules, and we've got that magic thunderbolt right there. I do think that we're going to get the introduction of Hercules at some point in this film with the inclusion of Zeus, so I'm kind of excited about that. I don't know who's going to play that. We get a little bit darker with Gore the God Butcher looking like Christian Bale, nonetheless, with a Kylo Ren tri-blade <laughs> lightsaber going on right there. That's Christian Bale? That is Christian Bale. That is Batman himself. <laughs> Let's tooth go and tooth smasher two goats that we are absolutely already in love with. And we don't even know why they mean anything. All we know is that they can fly and pull a Viking boat through space. And then the Dolby cinema poster with everybody with Thor just meditating right in the middle of it. Jalen, how stoked. Oh, and then I've got one more. We've got the screen X poster, which is just bonkers, cool. so many colors. I love that one as well with Gore right in the top of the, uh, of the lightning bolt. Jalen, what are your expectations for Thor love and thunder? Also reportedly, according to AMC one hour and 59 minutes, which is the first under two hour movie since Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I'm just expecting to laugh a lot. Yeah. I mean, the trailers made me laugh and you know, Chris Hemsworth is just, he's super good at comedy. So I'm just expecting there's nothing but humor coming out of this guy. I mean, no, I mean, if he does, that'd be awesome. But I, yeah, I'm just expecting to laugh a lot and to just have fun. We are all fans of Thor Ragnarok in this group, correct? Okay. Yes. Kara, what are your expectations of this film? Does Thor live? I have no idea. <laughs> I've, only, I've seen the first trailer. As you guys know, I don't watch a lot of trailers. Um, I also know nothing about the comics. So when I go into the theater, I'm generally very surprised by everything that happens. Um, I hope that he lives. 
I know that he has said that he will continue to play this character for as long as he's allowed. So I hope that he lives and that he doesn't like, I just, the original six is so important to me and they just keep killing them off. <laughs> so I just need, you know, it's just been a lot of loss. Yeah, no, I understand that. We're going to talk about some of that loss at Avengers con mm-hmm. or excuse me, Avenger con later on. Brian, do you think Thor makes it out alive? Um, while I am expecting a lot of gods to be butchered, uh, I do not think he will be one of them. I'm not sure that we get another Chris Hemsworth um, center stage movie. I think it yeah. may not, um, but he may not die. He may just kind of go into retirement. So do like you think the Thor franchise is being retired at this point? No, I think that it'll just be rebranded to the Mighty Thor. I think Jane is kind of here to stay. And oh, I think Jane's dead. I think Jane's. I I I don't think Jane makes it out of this film. Uh, personally, I think the cancer storyline. I think this is a one and done. I think Valkyrie is going to take mm-hmm. over. I was going to say, I think Valkyrie. That's fair. Interesting. I never even thought you about her picture. Like you're yeah. not going to make her look that good and she's not taking over. Okay. That's, right. that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, we got to have a lot of King of Asgard. So mm-hmm. I, have more. I never considered Jane making it out of this film uh, just because of the cancer storyline. I feel like it's going to be really central to the story. And I think she's going to play, pay the ultimate sacrifice. That's just how I've mentally been there. So I never even thought about Jane carrying on the franchise. That would be, very interesting. You know who else is definitely going to go down? This guy. <laughs> yeah. This is a goner. Like, within the first 20 minutes, I think. Uh, we are going to get to see Chris Hemsworth's butt. Uh, Do we think we'll still blur that out? No, it will not be blurred out in the actual. <laughs> I was like, it better not be. <laughs> Stay tuned for Nerdy Girls after Dark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss I, that. <laughs> I just broke this news to Kara because she has not watched that trailer. I so. not yeah, I, uh, I, if, if it makes the film, it definitely won't be blurred out. Um, the question is, is it going to make the film or is it just for marketing? Because some women go to see it just for the plot and he's the plot. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's get into talking about Ms. Marvel. Um, Kara, you've been looking forward to Ms. Marvel for quite a while. Moon Knight, um, and other things of that tempo really aren't speaking your language. You were very excited to go a little bit more Lizzie McGuire, a little bit more yes. Disney Channel. What did you think of the first episode of Miss Marvel? I really enjoyed it. I It was definitely much more my speed, the lighthearted, happy, <laughs> like, I don't know, family-centered show. Uh, is definitely more uh, what I like. I loved the culture. Uh, that was shown in the show um, really different than everything Marvel has done before and even just general TV shows that we get uh, typically. But the Lizzie McGuire feel, like, it definitely took me back to my teens. And I don't know if anybody else got that vibe uh, with the comics being, like, the little cartoon Lizzie um, and the kind of this fantasy world that she lives in. So I, I really enjoyed this episode. The way the cinematography is too, like, and everybody living, and maybe it's just because everybody seems to live above a convenience store. I got a lot of Kim's convenience vibes from, mm-hmm. from the entire show as well, which was which was interesting. I also really love Paul Sun Hyung Lee as Appa, and I feel like Kamala's dad has a lot of those tendencies mm-hmm. as well. I got that feeling um, too. So, but just the way everything kind of worked, like I said, everybody kind of lives above a convenience store. Maybe that's all that it is for me. But Jalen, did this show meet your expectations as well? 
It did. It, this first episode was just a lot of fun. The music, I was jamming to it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a good vibe. Um, it's just fun and happy and lighthearted. And I can't wait for this week to see what happens and to see her use her powers more. Mm-hmm. We've got yeah, to call out. Amazing. We've got to call out friend of the program. Well, my friend of the program, definitely not Ryan's friend of the program, Anthony. <laughs> he is very excited that the weekend is now part of MCU canon. I think that that blinding uh, is it. Is it called Blinded by the Light? Blinding lights. I don't know. I'm hip. I'm I'm with it. Um, <laughs> whatever song that is, I think it fits the tempo of the Marvel Studios fanfare, which was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. I hope it actually happens for the next five episodes as well. Ryan, you're on this show as well because you're also a big fan of it, I assume. Yeah, it was it was an awesome first episode. It was definitely a nice change of pace from the last couple shows where, you know, immediately you're thrown into the doom and gloom or the like high chaos action. And it's just nice to see more young Avengers and like Kara said, the, like the culture was something we haven't seen before mm-hmm. very much. We're starting to see it more, especially um like Shang-Chi um, really like kind of paved the way for that and Black Panther as well. So it's, it's nice to see, you know, different cultures represented and in a, in a really fun way in like a teenage way, like I'm not that far from being a teenager. So <laughs> yeah, just a normal way, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. showing the normalcy of a different kind of family than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. It was fu- it was super fun. Like mm-hmm. I was I was very pleasantly surprised. I've been looking forward to this show just from the standpoint of my daughters really have been looking forward to seeing this character. I get a lot in the world according to Jax. I was asked recently why hasn't the world according to Jax happened? We're going to get back into it. We've we're in the process of moving right now, so it's brutal. So uh, Wednesday night with Agents of Field is probably gonna be your last time at this particular podcast studio, and then it'll look a little bit different. Um, but so we've just been moving a lot going on. So we will get back to the world according to Jax. He really likes Miss Marvel, but my girls loved it. They absolutely mm-hmm. loved Kamala Khan. Iman Vellani really fell into this role. You mm-hmm. couldn't first acting credit. She's really, really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like seeing somebody play a 16-year-old that looks like a 16-year-old. Yeah. Isn't like as much as I love Tom Holland, he never looked 16 and he was closer than Peter Parker or than Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire were to looking 16. So uh, it's been really nice to, to see that in the actual high school atmosphere and how awkward it is. And, and she's being bullied for lack of a better term. She's getting pushed around and nobody can come Camelia. Nobody can remember her name, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just kind of things that teenagers put up with. Um, it felt very boy meets world from that standpoint. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I think I say, I compare it to a lot of Disney channel stuff lovingly because I love those shows. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm a big Lizzie McGuire guy. Like I love Lizzie McGuire. And I very much felt like, like everything that kept flashing back into my mind is, is constantly, I, the only episode of Lizzie McGuire I remember is when she had to like go bra shopping and it was super awkward and, and all that kind of stuff. Like there was a lot of those vibes within <laughs> this show as well. Uh, so I just I, I don't and the overprotective mom and just all that kind of stuff. But I really enjoyed it. But let's let's get into talking about the episode. And the first question I have is, do we think that we can get Sloth Baby Productions to be a part of the Nerd Life Network? <laughs> I hope so. We need to. It's fun. <laughs> so much fun. It's uh, it's the more comic centric version of the Earth's Mightiest Minute. That's exactly what it was. The little short Perfect. videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
Kevin needs to step up his game. <laughs> Draw some comments. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Kevin? You need to step up your game. Make it look more like Sloth Baby Productions. I think that's going to come back. I the way they the way they infiltrate, for lack of a better term, they incorporate those drawings into the story when she when she fails her driving test and she's driving back in the back seat and you just see the animated Captain Marvel like flying through the sky. I think that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody on Earth has the same questions we all do of mm-hmm. where is the Cosmic Avenger? Where has she been? I It cracked me up when in the Sloth Baby Productions video how like she talks about Carol Danvers and she looked awesome. Like her hair like changes like 17 times in the <laughs> middle of it. I thought, that, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, Kamala fails her driving test and I've got to ask the group, does anybody have any funny driving test stories? Ryan, I got to imagine getting a driving test in New York City is a little bit different than other places. So, so it wasn't in New York City. It's Long Island. It's a little bit more suburban, but uh, not on my driving test. On the first time I was taking driver's education, uh, you know, three of the people in my car, because it was four people and an instructor, had, you know, at least gone with their parents once before to, to be behind the wheel. And the fourth person in our car had never done so. So the driver's ed car was the first time. And let's just say we may have ended up on somebody's lawn. (laughs) Were you the fourth driver? I was not. I had driven. It was not me. Uh, But we never let that kid live it down. We're still friends with him today. So The way she tells Bruno the story about how I ran into his car, I hit his car with my car, and just how awkward she is. Like, I think that that was hilarious. But, like, he could have driven that car home. Like, come on. He's it wasn't being, that bad. He's being a he's being a total diva. Well, I love that her parents were just eating him alive. Like, how oh, dare you? It's not that bad. She's perfect. You expect her to drive on a road with other cars? Yeah. <laughs> Signal at every turn. Every 15 seconds. Check yeah. the mirrors. So, Carrie, you brought them into the conversation. What do you make of the family, both the brother? I don't remember his name. And then mom and dad. What do you make of of Kamala's family dynamic and kind of how they operate with each other? Yeah, I really like their family dynamic. I love her dad. Her dad is the sweetest man. And I hope that doesn't change. I was texting Jalen and I were watching together and I was texting her the whole time thinking like he was going to die or something right away just because they made him look so sweet and their relationship so nice. I was like, oh no, that's going to be her origin story. Uh, but I, I love it because her mom also loves her so much too. She just shows it in a different way. And I think that this representation of this family is going to resonate with so many people across the world. Uh, and especially in North America, especially like the stuff that she's going through with the fact that they don't know her name. And then when she said the little prayer in the car and the driving instructor was like, bless you. Like <laughs> that kind of like nonsense. That, that really funny. Yeah, that kind of nonsense that people deal with on a regular basis. I think that's going to resonate quite a bit. And the way that they're showing the family dynamic in that loving, caring kind of way, because typically, um, typically Muslim people in media are shown to be terrible people and bitter and revengeful and all of these kinds of things, which is just not true. So to finally have like an accurate depiction of what they're family looks like and their values and how they treat each other and on such a global scale with Marvel, I think is, is really important. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people. When his, when his, when her dad 
like yells at her brother, if you don't stop praying, like you're never going to ever be able to eat like, <laughs> so much. I loved it. Jalen, how about you? What did you make of this family dynamic? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything Kara said. Um, I really like the uh, diversity we get with the family. Um, I like that we're shown something different um, and something real because a lot of families have parents like this or daughters, sons, you know, that they treat one differently than the other. Um, you know, obviously they, you know, are more strict with Kamala than they are with her brother. Um, so it'll be interesting to just see how that plays out through the rest of the series, you know, if, and when they find out she has powers, you know, how that is gonna, you know, go over with them. Um, so I'm, we'll, I'm excited. We'll, we'll talk more about her having powers because I'm a little bit, uh, I, just the bangle, just the way it kind of gets forced into the story. Like I'm, I, I, I'm fine with it showing up in the mail, but how it has to be part of her cosplay. Like I thought that was a little bit silly, but we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Cause her mom seems to think, seems to know something. Yeah. She um, gave a look when yeah. opened it up. So yeah. yeah. So, and also speaking about her mom, like how she rushed out with all of that food. I have friends with moms <laughs> like this. It's so accurate. And it's so lovely. <laughs> Bruno's like, how did you do that so fast? She goes, you have technology, I have my secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, anything that stands out to the family dynamic with you? Yeah. I just, just echoing what both Kara and Jalen said, you know, it's, it's, fun to see not i don't know about fun but uh the dynamic between you know exactly what they said an older sibling versus a younger sibling what's allowed the older ones allowed to do what the male uh sibling versus the female sibling what they get to do and how it's so like unfairly restrictive to kamala um so it's it's showing real life things that happen and it's just a lot of fun uh skipping ahead a little bit when her dad dresses up because he's going to go to avenger com with with Kamala, it was the laugh out loud funny moment of the show, uh, episode for me. I felt so bad for him because I am that dad. Like, <laughs> I just want to be involved. Like, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more about that scene here in just a minute. Jalen, I'm going to come to you. Gabe Wilson, the guidance counselor, is he cool or is he just a gigantic dork? Uh, he's probably thinks he's cool, but he is kind of dorky and goofy and. <laughs> I he made me not. laugh. <laughs> I'm glad he made you laugh. I, man, just cringe, which I guess is the point. Like, yeah, she's I mean, cringing, he, so. he is a lot. I think he's trying too hard to relate to the teenagers he's counseling. Um, and there's a lot of counselors that do that, that they do try to be like the teenager in the high school. So I think they did a good, he did a good job portraying it. Um, I mean, I found him funny. I just don't see him being able to be in the group of three professors at Midtown Tech in Spider-Man. <laughs> because the three teachers there, like, you could swing through the hallway or whatever. You know, we all know you can. Like, I feel like those guys would just kind of bully him into the corner and I'd be completely fine with it. <laughs> Ryan, is the guidance counselor, like, are you, do you hope we see him again? Or do you think that's just kind of a one and done and he's just going to go sit on his couch and watch Mulan? I, I think I think he's fun. I mean, he's definitely, like got a vibe about him like you know chill let's relax he gives me um the pottery teacher from community he's got that same kind of vibe just like go with the flow one rule Hale. <laughs> yeah like just that same kind of just like yeah just just go with the flow do whatever you want no ghosting yeah 
So <laughs> I like him. I mean, he's he's definitely trying to relate, um, maybe not in the greatest possible way, but he's trying. So you got to give him credit. So, Ryan, if Tony Hale shows up on your screen, do you think community pottery teacher Forky or Buster Bluth? Um, didn't know he was Forky. So I'll go with community pottery teacher, then Buster Bluth and then Forky in that order. He, he is Forky. Kara, have you ever had an experience with a guidance counselor like this? I feel like this might hit a little bit too close to home at times for you. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, I'm an academic advisor, which is essentially a guidance counselor at a university. So is Kara yeah. cool or a gigantic dork? I'm <laughs> Gigantic <All> dork. <laughs> Although I have to say, like, my bone to pick with this scene had nothing to do with, like, the actor or the acting in it. It's the pressure that people put on teenagers to know everything that they have to do in life. And she's like... I don't know, she's 16 and he's shoving down her throat. You've got applications, you've got essays you have to write and all these things, programs you have to know. And just the truth is you don't have to know. At 16, you don't have to know. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was 25. So secrets out. <laughs> is, uh, did they say what year in school she was? I know she's 16. I was a uh, sophomore. I think 16. she's a junior. junior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, ACT, stuff like that. Like I can at least see why. But that's something that is constantly going to be talked about, especially if we're going to try to capture the teenage uh, mentality of things. Absolutely. Go ahead. For the un-American, what is a junior year? Is that grade 10? 11. 11. <laughs> All the <laughs> internationals. I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> it was the university. <laughs> the university. All right. Uh, so Kamala goes home. She watches TV upside down. Like I, the way they work the camera just really feels very teenage to me. And I think it's a lot of fun, like flipping over the back of the couch, watching TV upside down makes a ton of sense. She opens up a package from her grandmother who just, her mom says always is just trying to declutter and send stuff out of her house. A uh, big fan of Marie Kondo. Uh, is that her name? <laughs> um, but there's a bangle that shows up and her mom seems to know something about this bangle. Um, David, our friend over at the Modern Gods podcast, put out a theory that I want to get your guys' thoughts and see if you have any theories. He says, what if the Khan family are actually descendants of Genghis Khan, which in the MCU was actually Wenwu? And the bracelet that Kamala has is related to the Ten Rings and has been passed down through her family. Do we see any validity here? We want to make sure David gets his receipt. I don't see a Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings connection only because I'm not expecting it. Uh, but if David called it, I want David to get the proper credit. Uh, Kara, you're a gigantic fan of Wenwu. You want to see this happen. Do you think it might? Sure, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> if this can happen, if we can have more connection to Wenwu, I will take it however I can get it. Fair enough, because he's no longer with us. Ryan, <laughs> how about you? Any theories on the Bengal, or are they actually going to be connected to something within Shang-Chi? Well, I mean, so when they're out running errands and they're trying on um, the clothes, I caught a glimpse of one of the murals is the actual like 10 rings. Yeah. So there was 10 rings um, imagery in this already. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're involved somehow. Um, I'm not quite sure about that. I mean, I think it's, a, it's very plausible. I mean, it's as plausible as anything else. So... But I do think there is something Ten Rings related here. It is fun to be able to what we weren't able to do 
with with Moon Knight is to try and connect it to everything else. We know exactly when we're going to see Miss Marvel again, and that is in Captain Marvel 2, The Marvels, which has been, I think it's February of 2023 now, the way they've shuffled everything around. I think it's uh, February 2023, maybe even July. J- uh, July of 23, yeah. Okay. They so swapped with the Yeah, okay. Um, so we've still got some time before we see that, but we do know that Shang-Chi and Carol Danvers have met. Um, at least a little bit because she is in the post credit scene. So they've already connected the 10 rings to that franchise, whether it be how we don't understand that, but we could have the beacon within the 10 rings being similar to the beacon or a beacon of some sort within this bangle. Um, Jalen, do you have any theories here? Um, I mean, I like David's. I think, I don't know. Like, I don't think Shang-Chi is going to pop up or, anything like that. I think if there is a connection, it's just going to be get like some real Kim's convenience vibes. <laughs> right. Um, I think if there is a connection, it'll just be like a one offline or something, you know, just mentioned um, in conversation. Like, I don't think anyone from Shunchi will pop up if they do. That'll be super awesome. Cause I love that movie. Um, and it'll just be nice to know where like, Shang-Chi story is going because we don't know where he's popping up again or the Ten Rings are popping up again. So if we get like that connection, that'll be super cool. I love that Shang-Chi has become at least popular enough to have a mural somewhere in New York City. Um, at least the Ten Rings. Uh, he wasn't portrayed in this picture that I could tell. Um, I've only seen the, the picture, the mural once because um, I missed it the first time. So, um, But I... I'm I'm really, really interested in the character of Shang-Chi and where he's going to pop up next. But Carol Danvers being a part of this conversation mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense. So um, if they're trying to track down the beacon, I mean, it could be in the Marvels where we get our next indication as to where Shang-Chi may pop up next because they could explore more about this bangle. I would expect this is going to happen within the series as well. Now is Wong going to pop up? Who knows? I mean, we have the Department of Damage Control mm-hmm. involved now too. So... Um, I did. I did find the the excuse for the bangle being a part of the cosplay, having to have your own quote unquote personal touch. Like I thought that was a little bit, a little bit loose. I, I'm fine with it because in the comics, Miss Marvel is an Inhuman. She is born in, or she becomes an Inhuman because of the Terrigen Mist, a Terrigen bomb that explodes. Um, basically, the Inhumans were introduced as a way to have mutants without using the term mutants because at the time Marvel Studios couldn't use mutants because they didn't own the rights film-wise to the X-Men. So they were trying to get us a new form of of mutant that they could use. Uh, They used the Inhumans quite a bit within Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ryan can tell you all about that. (laughs) Um, Now they have the rights to the mutants and Inhumans was an announced movie property that is no longer happening. It was a very, very bad TV show there for a little bit of time. So, uh, but that's where we're at. So she's not a mutant. She's not an inhuman. She has a magical bangle bracelet that gives her all the cosmic powers, photon blasts, and similar powers to Captain Marvel, but even more so. She can stretch. She can still do the things that she can do in the comics as an inhuman. So we'll get a lot more of what her capabilities are as as Miss Marvel as we go forward. I do like the bangle. Can I say why? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I like the bangle because I think that it it's the pinnacle of her learning 
to embrace who she is and her identity. So I think a lot of the time, uh, especially with immigrant families, the teenagers especially have a really hard time like assimilating more or less in high school. And so they try and just like throw off all of their culture pieces to be more like everybody else. So I'm marrying uh, somebody like this. So I, I do know, I, I've seen it quite a bit. Uh, and just growing up with friends who did the same thing where they just kind of took off pieces of their own culture because they wanted to be like everybody else. So I think in this case, with taking the bangle, like taking something from your heritage that, you know, to make it your own is going to be her learning how to kind of embrace her culture, embrace her identity, her heritage, and all of these things that are going to be special about her. And that's what's going to set her apart from being just another Captain Marvel. Fair enough. I, uh, I, for, and I completely understand all that. And I, and I, I agree with that for me, it was just the rule of having to have a, a special thing to make it yours as part of the cosplay. Is yeah. See, I don't know her origin from the comic. So if right. it's, yeah, if, if right. well, that I, makes it, yeah. I think the thing with that is that she knew that she would never be allowed to leave the house sneaking out or not in a costume that looked like the, uh, the girl Zoe's from, high school so she had to do something that would make it look special without having to you know make it all ripped up or you know tight so i think that was her reasoning behind it at least well i think i think bruno said the rule there was a rule within the cosplay competition that you had to have something that like differentiated it to make it quote unquote your own so um i mean it is what it is it felt a little loose to me but i'm i'm fine with it they teased it like 17 times before she finally put it on so um, but it, it worked. It worked fine for me. I think the fact that it has the powers is cool. All the more reason I think her mom's going to know something. Um, so that's going to be an interesting conversation um, when we get to have that. Uh, all I want is that they stay comics accurate from the standpoint that her sash is still very important to her costume and what that sash can do. Because there's a bunch of different things that that is integral to her costume. In the comics, she has it kind of around as a scarf in a lot of the promotional images and stuff like that. So she's going to have it, but it's supposed to have this magical power that I I want that to stay. Um, so like blue sash? It's red. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't that yeah. one. Oh, okay, not that one. I was going to say, the they comics. just like, yeah. like zone in on it for a second, and I thought, oh, I wonder if that has significance. Well, it... Captain Marvel has it in the comics as well. Um, and that has not carried over to the MCU. Um, but just the way Kamala uses that sash within, um, well, we need Alex Klein in here to really help us talk about everything <laughs> that, that that sash can do, but it's, uh, it's pretty integral to, I mean, you can even see in our promotional or our, our thing, she's got it in this, oh. in this photo. So, um, it's got a lot of abilities and stuff that she can do with it. Kind of like a cloak of levitation, uh, but not, not the same way. Um, but anyway, I, I hope that it becomes part of her costume and all indications are that it will be. And I just hope it's part of it. But Ryan, would you talked about it earlier? Would you have gone to Avengers Con with your dad dressed as Big Hulk and Little Hulk? Um, did not I, take the bait for She-Hulk. And I was really surprised they didn't take the bait for She-Hulk. Yeah, uh, I'm happy they didn't because you don't need to be put into a box like that. Um, but the um that like sorry i would not have gone with my dad um absolutely not i would not have been caught dead there with uh him dressed in green paint i would have gone in green paint i've been painted head to toe as thanos before um but yeah we're not gonna 
We need photos. <laughs> there, there is some it will not be shown to the public, whatever. Um, but I would have gone absolutely, probably dressed in paint head to toe. What did your chin look like? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I need to see this. Jalen, would you have gone dressed as the Hulk? I mean, I love no. Her. I love her. no. <laughs> if I mean no, I would not have gone as the Hulk. Um, if it was teenage me, I would have been embarrassed like she was of my dad acting like that. Um, if it was grown up me, I would be going, I would go with my dad now. You know, there's a difference between 16 year old and a 30 year old. So, um, but I would have been embarrassed just like she was if my dad came into my room dressed like that and acting like that. But <laughs> yeah. Kara, how about you? <laughs> Man, this scene broke my heart because <laughs> totally, like Jalen said, it's one of those things where you we all treated our parents that way as a teenager. And then looking back, we wish so badly that we treated them differently. Uh, but like the extra layers, right? Because we already know that she's been made fun of for her heritage and that kind of stuff. So for her to dress up like that, that's strike one but for her to go with her dad that's strike two for a teenager so it's just there's a lot riding on it but man the look on his face afterwards like mm -hmm. oh. when he's and he's lost the battle like he really wants to be team kamala in this but he's lost the battle with his wife and i mean there's just nothing much he can do like and he can't let her talk to her her mother the way she did like i as a father i totally uh, i totally relate to everything that he's going through at this point but i uh and i just he's so funny i love him so much but yes i would not have gone either um i it is my my duty as a father to put my children in those situations but to also <laughs> understand why my children would react in the similar manner but we're seeing kamala's relationship with her mom and the expectations that she has there's not a soul in this world that has looked at captain marvel and thought that it was too tight too inappropriate too whatever but her mom has this opinion. Her mom has lots of opinions that she is basically forcing upon Kamala where they're talking about that discussion while Kamala is being fitted for the dress of, oh, good for her. Like she's traveling the world. And I feel like Kara could really relate to this one. But then they just say, well, yeah, well, she doesn't have a ring on her finger. Like I just thought this, I, th I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. Kara is somebody who now has a ring on her finger, but has since traveled the world. There's, there's a lot to be admired among people like that. And oh, yeah. Kamala's mother does not see it that way at all, but Kamala does. So we've got this generational gap, which you guys have talked about on Nerd Life or on Nerdy Girls After Dark, mm -hmm. all these different kinds of things. Kara, how did you relate to that conversation? Yeah. So I was that person who went and traveled Europe for a bunch of years before no coming way. back and settling <laughs> down. Wait, uh, you went to Europe? Yes, I have. I've <laughs> lived in Europe, for those of you who don't know. Uh, and I would love to talk about it. So hit me up at C Sparm and we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> Pointed the uh, wrong way as well. Yeah. <laughs> Tech is not my thing, clearly. Uh, but yeah, there's so, like, like I was saying before about the pressure on young people to figure out what they want to do in life, there's also these societal and sometimes cultural pressures to get married at a young age and start a family at a young age. But there's just no timeline like there's so much that you can learn there's so many good experiences that you can have by going out you know you can be married at 32 or 33 whatever age i'm gonna be married at uh and and it's fine like there's no 
there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that makes that better or worse than getting married at a young age. Um, I would argue that there's a lot of better things about traveling. Like I loved it. I would never trade it. Insert verbal meme of Homer Simpson backing into the bushes. <laughs> uh, okay. No, thank you so much, Kara. I wanted to make sure we got your, your, um, your opinion there because that, that hit a home for a lot of people, I'm sure. So um, we go to AvengerCon. The fact that the first Avengers Con, AvengerCon is at Camp Lehigh made me nerd out like no other. I thought it was awesome. I do love that we're able to to live in the MCU again. We're trying to, it's not hard to make connections to the MCU in this show. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. But the fact that AvengerCon was at Camp Lehigh, were there anybody, uh, Jalen, we'll start with you. Did you pick out any favorite Easter eggs or something at AvengerCon that when it happens for real life, because Kevin Feige has said he wants to do something he he let me let me let me step back he has not said he wants to he has said he has considered doing something like star wars celebration for marvel studios and it would be something like avenger con obviously it wouldn't like like look like what we saw in this show but is there anything that you saw in the portrayal of avenger con that you have to do mm-hmm. um well i loved the star spangled man yeah. song being played that was a lot of fun um we need the marching quick- band from from falcon and winter soldier to play it again though yeah, yeah, that version's cool, even though it's for someone I don't like. But you know, but quick question before I continue. Holy crap! Something somebody you don't like. We need to talk about that before we get done. I completely forgot about that news that broke. Go ahead, Jalen. I'm sorry. Now I'm trying to remember <laughs> who I don't like. The news broke. Well, John Walker, oh. Thunderbolts movie. We'll talk about that. Oh, at the end. gotcha. Kevin, um, <laughs> just real quick, didn't Camp Lehigh get blown up in Winter Soldier? No, just that one bunker. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess the missile just looked like it took out the whole thing. But either way, they could have rebuilt it. Um, but I think it's cool that it was at Camp Lehigh anyways. Um, just more callbacks to my favorite cabin. Um, I liked, I want the Asgard Pride shirt. I mm-hmm. wish that was a part of the merchandise that you're able to buy. Maybe, I hope it comes out because that was a really cool shirt. Yeah. Um, there was one person that looked like she was one of the LARPers from Hawkeye was there, but I tried pausing it and I never could pause it right on the frame to see if it was actually her. Like it just, it goes so fast that it's hard to see everything, but it looked like one of the LARPers was there. So I'm just going to say it was. Would make sense. Yeah. Um, but when Avengers Con happens, hopefully we are told about it enough in the future that I can save up and prepare for yeah, it. Ke- Kevin Feige, if you're listening, uh, we need to be the first ones to know. This yes. Press junket. Yes. Ryan, Ryan, anything at AvengerCon that you have to do before you die? Um, I'm going to be signing up for the Asgard tours. That was awesome. That, that was they, awesome. Re- New Asgard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they referenced that, and we know we're going to get that with the goat boat with Tooth Grinder and Tooth Nasher. Um, the giant Ant-Man uh, statue over the bay. You know, sit, I want to sit in the hand and take a picture. And just a funny thing I caught was as soon as they walk through the entrance, you see somebody in Rocket Raccoon, uh, Rocket Raccoon cosplay but it's just a two trash cans put together so it's like the the call back to him being a trash panda or whatever they call them i'm so, not a raccoon <laughs> um so 
yeah, those are the the, the fact that Drax got some love really mm-hmm. stood out to me too. I love Drax. So, Kara, how about you? Uh, my favorite part of this was the callback to and the love for our fallen Avengers, like all of the like Steve Rogers and Iron Man and Natasha Romanov, uh, like. I, I just loved it. The picture of Nat and Tony and they were like, thank you. I like I chills the whole time because that's how I feel. And I would love to have that kind of love with everybody else in the room just to thank you, even though they're not real in our universe. You know, they kind of, you know, meant a lot to me. So I love that we're still incorporating them, still seeing like there was girls dressed like Iron Man and there's all these, like the Star Spangled Man and all of these things incorporated right into the show. And I didn't have to go and look at old stuff to find that. And so that was my favorite part of that. My favorite part of the whole episode, honestly, was when she was riding on the back of Bruno's bike and they were trying to come up with like a, a match, uh, a mashup of, of Avengers. And she could have mm-hmm. been like the the Black Panther and Captain Marvel mix or the Iron Marvel or something like that. Like the way they depicted all those again in the drawings within the show were really cool. Um, but yeah, so like I think that was cool. But a lot of the cosplay was super fun. Having just been fresh off of going to a, a Megacon just a couple weeks ago, like I saw some really good cosplay and some not so good cosplay. So I don't know what's going on with the character of Zoe. Does anybody have a read on that character? Is she just the cool girl in school? Is it, no. is it simply that she's the bully? That is she is. No, I think, I think she's going to play a part that's bigger than that. Right. Do you yeah. think she's a villain? I don't know what I like. My favorite part involving Zoe was the fact that, when the hammer swung, but she was just like smacked. But Kamala was like, "Look out!" And she didn't like think to push her. She just stepped back and let her get whacked. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, she doesn't have people. that. At first, I was like, "Oh no, she doesn't have that natural hero instinct." She's like, <laughs> this girl get smacked. And but then you know she ended up saving her at the end. But yeah, there's something going on with her. I don't think that she is just uh, a regular high school bully. Yeah, I just cause, well, because earlier in the episode, like she kind of bumps into her and then apologizes, tells her she likes her jacket. Like it doesn't seem like it's like a full blown like bully situation. Right. Um, right. So I, I don't know what's going on with Zoe. There's clearly something going on with Zoe, but she's also the popular girl in school. So we'll see. Um, what is with Ant Man's head? Because that thing rolled around like the boulder from Indiana Jones. And <laughs> I thought that was just a little bit silly. But it ended up giving us the visual of Mjolnir floating through the air and smacking a girl and swinging her. Through. <laughs> Honestly, it paid off, but it was a little bit. It was a little bit funny, but it stood out to me. But I, I did enjoy Bruce Banner, uh, the cosplay that Bruno had. I thought that was funny. He's just I'm Doctor Banner. He just, all he did was throw on a lab coat. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, last thing, she gets back into the house uh, after we do get the visuals of her dad hitting on her mom. To everybody's asleep. Uh, I thought that was funny, uh, but is did anybody or, or I, I would assume this group is all kind of like me, a bunch of rule followers. Did anybody ever one sneak out of their house or two get caught sneaking out of their house? Nope. I don't think so. Ryan, you're letting me down. I, I thought you might be <laughs> through. I mean, yeah, for the most part, I was a rule follower when I was living at home. So. <laughs> Now in your mid twenties, you're not so much a rule follower. Yeah, now I'll forget to turn my blinker on when I uh, make a left turn. 
Well, we do have a post credit scene. If we're going to get a post credit scene in the first episode, I would I would assume that you need to stick around for the post credit scenes of every episode. We get back into I don't know his name, but he's the guy from Succession. We saw him as the Department of Damage Control, and everybody wanted to just punch him in the face when he told Aunt May that child endangerment and who does that. Um, I saw him immediately. He's a bit of a goober, but he is with the Department of Damage Control, who seems to have a lot more control over the, let's go with the Federal Bureau of Superhuman Affairs, if we're going to go with the boys with it. Like, they clearly have some sort of governmental agency ability to watch over these these new superheroes, and they're going to try to bring in Kamala. I'm assuming they're going to go to Zoe, because Zoe's a little bit more easy to identify, and then Zoe's going to also not know who it is, and then Obviously, we're going to figure out it's Kamala, but the Department of Damage Control being involved is very interesting. Did anybody else know that that was coming? Mm -mm. No. Ryan, no where idea. do you expect we go with the Department of Damage Control? Um, I think, I mean, the way I see it is that Jim in the comments says he was one for one and sneaking out and not getting caught. Jim, <laughs> um, is that, I mean, all these governmental agencies kind of have some communication. Um, so I'm wondering if whoever is now the director of the Earth-based uh, sword might get involved here through the Department of Damage Control. Could like that be Monica? Tyler Hayward? No, it could be. Well, yes, like he was the former director. Could be Monica Rambo. That would be. That's a great way to get the connection between the two of them. So that would be where I think that that kind of plays in is to build that connection and the reasoning for sword to get involved. And they have they have already set a precedent in Spider-Man No Way Home that this guy knows that Nick Fury has been off planet for a year. Um, so he clearly has some sort of involvement with S.W.O.R.D. because we know Nick Fury is involved with S.W.O.R.D. Monica being involved with S.W.O.R.D. Monica being in the Marvels. I would venture to say that that's probably a fairly safe guess. I cannot wait to see Monica again. Jalen, do you think we're going to see Monica and Carol in this show? Monica or Carol? Do you have any expectations there? I mean, I would love to see Carol, but I think we'll get Monica. I don't, if we get Carol, um, it's just going to be super quick. Like, I don't know if you could get Brie Larson for just a, a small part in a TV show, but I think if you're going to get anything, um, at this Monica. point, at this point, we got he who remains and Jonathan majors. Like, I feel like Disney plus can really do anything that they that they want like yeah. I, I do i'm with you i think if we do get brie larson it's going to be a post-credit scene after episode six yeah yeah i i guess i'm just more excited to see their introduction to each other on the big screen in the next captain marvel movie so that's why i think it's going to be more monica than than it would be carol disney plus can do anything they want to do in a disney plus series except bring in christian bale as gore the god butcher apparently <laughs> i didn't get that from moon Knight. i'm so upset about that no you really thought it was coming yeah you you went out a limb on that one <laughs> kara would you expect brie larson or um i am blanking on tiana paris tiana paris thank you would you, would you, would you expect monica or carol to show up in this show uh, I didn't before today's conversation, and now I'm really looking forward to it. If we can get one of them, or Juan, or Shang-Chi, or Katie, whoever, <laughs> whoever we can get. Because like, even the, the friendship between um, Kamala and her friend, I, I didn't catch it. Bruno. Bruno we don't talk about Bruno. Everybody's name is Bruno. Bruno. 
but like their friendship kind of reminded me a little bit of Sean and Katie's friendship in Shang-Chi. So if we could see one of them, I think that would be cool too. Uh, I think I, Hotel California at the karaoke bar. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed that damage control would be kind of like the bad guys in this film or like the perceived bad guys. Cause they're trying to take her away. That's my thought, but I, I don't think they're trying to take her away. I just think they're just trying to question her. Like, I don't think damage control is necessarily bad. I mean, it is a Tony Stark invention originally. Um, now, obviously, we have only seen damage control within Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. So it's been exclusively Spider-Man to this point. However, mm -hmm. in No Way Home, damage control took control of everything over at Stark Industries. I think we're going to deal a lot with that with Armor Wars specifically. So I think Department of Damage Control is definitely here to stay. But the fact that they have the authority, for lack of a better term, to bring in to question somebody who could be a new super superpowered human being is interesting. This guy doesn't really feel up to the task, which mm -hmm. which I think that's where Monica Rambo or Nick Fury or somebody like that. Well, I think we might get a turn because up until now, they've been the jerks, right? Like in the how we've seen them so far they've been interrogating children <laughs> like tricking Ned and whatever like they've been the jerks so I think that they are coming in looking like the bad guys and then maybe we'll get a little bit of a turn to get more understanding on what they're doing and they also came in and they completely stopped everything that Adrian Toomes was doing and made the vulture basically happen so that was Tony Stark's fault that really wasn't uh, damage control's fault but yeah so they've been the jerks we'll see kind of what they what they do from here, but uh, a very strong start to a, a series that uh, I'm a lot higher on than I was a week ago today. So um, Jalen, any last thoughts? Um, I'm just excited to see more. It's just, it's a fun show. It's a breath of fresh air after moon night, which was dark. <laughs> and good. It, yeah, it was good. Um, and I like just how each Disney plus show is different. From each from the one before it or from each other um it's just they're all winners they and know what sure, they're doing over at marvel and it sure feels like she hulk's <laughs> also going to be quite a bit different mm -hmm. as well again it'll leave me a little more adult focused if nothing mm -hmm. else ryan how about you any last thoughts yes uh disney if you are listening i know you are please give us the disney bruno cinematic universe i have a title for your first film bruno way home it's amazing. <laughs> we'll get it. It'll be Bruno from Luca, Bruno from Encanto, and Bruno from Miss Marvel. Please get it done. It's just three gigantic just dorks. Again, that's my <laughs> exactly. dorks in this episode, but I like it. Bruno Way Home. Kara. <laughs> uh, yeah, love the show. Excited for more. Come join us on Thursday night for Nerdy Girls After Dark. We are back 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. She took it right out of my mouth. Ryan, Agents of Field, what's coming this week? Yeah, so as we talked about on the top of the episode, uh, Agents of Field, MCU fantasy draft, very similar to our Star Wars episode. We're going to draft Marvel characters into different uh, sports. We're going to start at 8.30 Eastern right here on the Nerd Life Network. We're going to have a huge panel of eight or nine people. So it's going to be lit. Going to be lit. Uh, last night, uh, Mark, Mike, and I were on Babu's freaking podcast talking part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We will be back this coming Sunday talking part five of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We will be back next Monday night talking Miss Marvel. 
Um, I may have a conflict. I may not. Um, that conflict is game three of the Stanley Cup final. Um, I'm, uh, but I, I may or may not be here, but we will have a show talking episode two of Miss Marvel. Um, and then Nerdy Girls After Dark on Thursday. Alex Klein on Comics and Cinema on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock. Tomorrow he will be talking Jurassic World Dominion. But until next time, everybody, for the children. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love travel understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time.